Okay, welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving the Classroom. I'm Swan, and with me, my partner in crime here is Mala, and we are the Chihuahua Bats. Um, I think I mentioned in episode one, uh, or maybe I didn't, who knows, that uh, we are both retired educators, and, and teaching was and really still is our passion. And though we're not in the classroom now, we still want to advocate. Yes, we do. For the teachers in the classroom, because we mm -hmm. feel their pain, and uh, we watch what's going on, and we walk the walk, so we want to be there for them, hence why we kind of started at podcasting. Um, and I want to say, after retirement, I'll tell you a little bit about us, because uh, people say, oh, y'all are so creative. We really didn't see it, but but now we do. Um, Mala uh, started painting. She was always an artist, but, you know, teaching full-time, never had the time to paint. But now you're you're painting. And yes, I am. I'm even in a gallery, which I'm sort of proud of. You are. Art on 12 in Wimberley, Texas. Yes. And um, I'm it, proud to say that as of today, she's on Instagram showing yes, all her cool pictures. Yes, my very first time. I'm yes. all excited. You should be. And... Uh, and after, and she retired a few years before I did. I just retired two years ago. It seems like longer, <laughs> but it was just two years. And then I um, wrote a book, and I thought it was important to kind of highlight. It's called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, and so I'm I'm highlighting a particular period of my teaching career um, that that kind of talks about obviously the challenges that a lot of public educators go through, and I don't. I don't think the general public ever understands the backstory no, of the challenge that is there besides just the kids in the classroom. So Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, you can find it on Amazon. And um, I don't know if you know, when you write a book, you also have to blog. So you can catch my blogs on my webpage at chihuahuabat.com. And now I'm podcasting on, on Podbeam. So um, that should catch everybody up. And and one of the things that people keep saying is how creative we are and uh, how creative we are. And when we were still teaching, they talked about how creative we were when we came up with all our units. Mm -hmm. We did sort of authentic situations and we asked our kids to sort of interact in the language in those situations. And And that did come from, you know, at one point in my career, I was teaching in sort of a a dungeon warehouse. Mm -hmm. and, but the positive was we had a lot of space in there and it had a concrete floor. So you really couldn't mess it up. No. And that gave us, you know, areas to group the kids and spread out. And um, so out of that came, uh, well, the need to change my teaching style completely. And that kind of led to the small groups and the, and the situation. So we have been asked to kind of talk about these very creative and, and very big open-ended units and so then we had to sit down and go oh my gosh we had so many so we uh we decided we would maybe start with the restaurant mm -hmm. el restaurante and each year we would pick a country and kind of highlight the food and the kids had to research different foods. What what do you eat like in, in Chile? And what do you eat in Peru and Mexico? And Mexico and Spain we did first. because I think we did Spain, then Mexico, and I, then we went to South America. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. you're right. And uh, and that was a learning experience because, you know, kids thought, you know, tacos and tortillas were the same all over the world. And, and, and they're not. 
So we researched the food, and then we would also just research the culture. What does the flag look like? What are the products? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the government like? Uh, and then we would kind of say, okay, when you're in a restaurant, we would brainstorm what kind of jobs or positions are needed exactly. to successfully, successfully run a restaurant. And um, we came up with, like, you know, wait staff and hostesses, and there's managers, and there's kitchen staff. And we even had entertainers because we had two groups uh, of kiddos to uh, put in positions. So we, we got very creative there. And then we would talk about the dishes we were going to offer. Mm-hmm. And then we would create a menu. And then I think we had, like, placemats and murals to decorate my, my cinder blocks. Uh, and then it came down to assigning roles, who's going to be waiters, who's going to be a hostess, who's going to be a cook, etc. And sometimes they played multiple roles. It, mm-hmm. it just depended. Um, and then on our part, as far as, you know, holding them accountable for the language, we would, you know, and we would look at our books. And sometimes there was a neat unit in there about foods or restaurants. So that was always a jumping off place for us. So we would take what we had and then we would add to it. And then we would come up with useful phrases, vocab, you know, dialogues, conversations that you would need in a restaurant. And mm-hmm. so we would start from there. And um, so what you're saying, Susan, yes. this is the outline. Absolutely. This is the outline. Yes. And it seems like an awful lot to do. But think about it. You know, you you have at the end of your period at least 15 minutes where you, mm-hmm. you want to catch their attention. Right. Remember a long, long time ago we told you we love the elementary teachers. Yes. And we like to break that class up into, you know, I, you know, I write a lesson plan. I do. In little chunks. In of little time. chunks. I do in little chunks of time. Yes. And uh, I'm I stick to those chunks mm-hmm. so I don't get off. Right. And just, you know, yeah. not do it. Distracted, I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't be too distracted. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I think what you've detailed right now is mm-hmm. all right, a wonderful cultural unit. Right. Okay. You've talked about it's going to be role play. It is. It, you talked about we're going to use the vocabulary from all three, three levels, one, Absolutely. two, and three. We are. Okay. Depending on proficiency, what they, they right. can perform. So this proficiency also dictated mm-hmm. some of the roles that they had to choose. Exactly. And we helped them choose. Yes, we okay. did. We, we have the degrees. So yeah, we, yes, we, gave, yes, we sort we of did. guided them into, no, I think you'll be the manager. <laughs> and, and just think about it. I mean, they're doing charts. Yes. They're writing menus. They are. Okay, they're writing menus. Mm-hmm. I mean charts, excuse me, not right. charts, but posters. Yes, they're creating for the restaurants and flyers. We had to advertise. Flyers. Yes, yep, did. they're doing invitations to parents and teachers. Yes. Uh, and the most important thing is they're getting excited yes. about the language. They are. And I'll say this is a big unit. It didn't happen in two days. Exactly. Um as we chunked our classes with time, we did hold them accountable for the vocab and the phrases and, and the verbs. If there was a conjugation issue there, uh, any kind of grammar concept, they were held accountable for that because we really had two assessments. Yes, we did. The written that everybody was held accountable for based on what we decided they needed to do. And then the oral was on the day of when we opened the restaurant was their uh, functioning in the language. That was so their oral doing, assessment. We're doing reading. We are. Writing. Yep. 
Okay. And listening and speaking. Listening and speaking. Yeah. All, all four right. proficiencies. And we were always big on trying to fit that in. That's right. We were. Yes. So, so anyway, um, after we got all that assigned and, you know, we practiced, you know, sort of the curricular part during the first part of the class and then the last chunks we would do the practicing and the role play mm-hmm. to get the, the oral functioning down. And, um, and then, you know, we practice, practice, practice. We had a dress rehearsal minus mm-hmm. the food. Uh, parents and students volunteered to make certain dishes. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the parent piece. Yes. Oh, they because, were a big help. Yeah, this is really an important bringing that community in. Together, right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them got excited. Not every parent, but that no. was okay. You know, kind of depended on, I guess, the country we picked. Um, and then, uh, and they would provide the appetizers. Uh, and because my room had so much space, we would use those flats and section off an area to be the kitchen. And we had microwaves back there. But we also, our home ec, it was called home ec at the time, but it's consumer science now. Uh, teacher allowed us to have students, you know, go down and warm things. That and, was wonderful. Right. So they became some of our kitchen staff mm-hmm. helpers and they would go down and bring it back. And then, um, you know, on the day of, when it was time to open the restaurant, everybody was in costume if that was needed, and the teachers got to come down. We had two lunch periods, so we did it back to back. And teachers and and parents, if they wanted, could come up, Mm -hmm. and they would be greeted at the door, and the hostess would ask them in Mm -hmm. Spanish, ¿Cuántas personas hay en tu grupo? And they would say, síjame, and they would sit them at a table. That was so nice. Yeah, so nice. That. And then the waiters and waitresses would come up with, you mm-hmm. know, a menu and, ¿qué vas a tomar? What are you going to have to drink? And we actually had sort of a little bilingual piece on the menu because not yes. everybody knew the Spanish. And we would. Especially for teachers. Uh, teachers, yes, and some of the parents. And so that was nice. And we told the students if they say, you know, they didn't understand we would kind of point uh-huh. down there. We told them, try not to do English, but a few of them kind of got caught. And that mm-hmm. that's okay. That that happens in country as well. Right. So anyway, and then, you know, I want to say uh, the, the teachers loved it because yes, they, they got did. to leave their regular little teacher, you know, lunchroom area and come down and have a nice authentic experience, as authentic as we could make mm-hmm. it without being in country. And the food was actually the very food, good. It was very good, and and they learned some things because yes, we did. had on the little, little placemats that the kids had made. We had interesting facts. That's right. Might be a flag or the capital or you know the mm-hmm. languages or the government. So we had all kinds of things in there. Uh, I think actually one parent actually sewed some flags. So we oh, had yeah. those oh, sitting, right. remember, oh, we yeah. had that sitting on the table. I was like, wow, we didn't mm-hmm. expect that at all. So we had fun doing um, El Restaurante. But I, I want to say our biggest, biggest, biggest project, oh, yeah. and sometimes I thought we were crazy, was El Mercado, El Mercado the market. Mm-hmm. And so for this, now this was this one, we would actually work on it for about two months i want to say yes we did and we targeted spring because it sort of fell in line with the fiesta celebration weather and the weather yes Mm -hmm. because we started in uh, my warehouse with this but because i was also in there with theater i could not monopolize that room no that long so we ended up kind of using it for production days and creating different pieces of this market but we did take over the courtyard, and that became the actual space where we we set up booths for the kiddos. And I remember we dedicated Fridays. 
was culture Friday day. was our culture day because you could not devote, you know, two months to just no. walking on the market. So no. we went ahead and taught what, wherever we were in our, our curricular scope and sequence. Mm -hmm. And then on Fridays, we would dedicate that as sort of market culture day. Now, we did teach the concept of the market. We had a video from like Teachers Discovery and we did have some handouts and, you know, because flea markets our kids know about but you know the real market concept was that was their communication that's you right know, where the uh, indigenous kept up with each other um and there was a real history there so we we taught that yes we did and then we actually researched what are authentic products in a mm -hmm. market our big deal was try to make it authentic you know we're not going to sell flip-flops and things like that mm -hmm. um and then we had um so just to mention a few products like right like we talked about bark painting, bark painting, and uh, you know you can do jewelry. that with a paper bag and absolutely squish it up and go ahead. But right, but to the and village life, you would paint right. on it. Just something very simple, right? And sometimes we would even use the uh, uh -huh. machine to laminate, so oh, they could yeah. use it at you know to sell as like table yeah. placement mats. I they I could. still have mine to be right. honest with you. Yeah. You I know. do as well, somewhere in a box, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, somewhere in the box, yeah. So anyway, after we looked at kind of what were authentic products, we had the students choose a product, and we asked them to, to actually make it, just That's like right. they were one of the indigenous making their mm -hmm. products. And they could choose to work independently, or they could work in a group. And, so, and they were actually going to create a booth and sell this product in yep. Spanish. So yep. they were had to find a product. They had to decorate a booth. They had to have some kind of promotional sign, which was really a poster back then, mm -hmm. saying what it was in Spanish, the price, and some kind of statement. Like, you know, if it were the halos for Fiesta, they would say how colorful they right. were. You, right. There's yes. your vocabulary. There it is, right there, colorful. And, um, and then... We chose a day to kind of take over the courtyard and set up the market. And so how this worked was each class period, those students would set up their booths That's out right. on the courtyard. So the first 10 minutes of the period, the kids would come in and they would get their things and they would go set up. And these were like tables, cafeteria tables. And one thing I'd like to mention, remember, it's a small school. Very small school. And we only had two Spanish teachers. We did. So it was us. You know, it was us. We so we had to figure out, you know, every period there was going to be a market. Absolutely. Yes. And so the first 10 minutes was set up. So the rest of the school knew they could not come down and be in the market because the school knew they couldn't wait for market day because for them, they would kind of bug their teachers. Can we please go out to the market? Because, uh -huh. you know, we had some teachers like, nope, we're no, going to calculus all day. Or maybe 15 right. minutes. But some would eventually say, okay, the last 10 or 15 minutes, I'll let you go out to right. the market because right. they wanted to go out and and buy things. Yeah. And I think the popularity really took off because the parents, the parents loved I, this. Parents loved it. Loved yeah. it. So first 10 minutes they would set up and then we would play a little music. And that was the signal that the market was open for visitors. That is correct. And then if you came from the school, you came down the steps from the courtyard and we had sort of a little custom set up. Like aduana. Your, aduana. You're crossing the border. We had sort of some passports and we would stamp their little passport and they would we'd say pasale and they would go across mm -hmm. and they could just walk through the different booths and they mm -hmm. could buy whatever they wanted they could buy jewelry they could buy you know bark paintings they could buy uh some book, book markers bookmarks you name it that 
the girls like to make the little halos you would find, little uh, barrettes and all mm-hmm. kinds of little awesome. ponytail holder, just anything. And it had to be authentic. Um, and then as it got popular, some of the kids got very, very creative. Yes. We actually had one group of girls that set up sort of a nail salon. They convinced us that there were people in Mexico that went to nail salons. So we said... But you know what they researched? That at those nail salons, they put designs. They did. In the, in the, and they so it learned had to how to do it. All fit, they did. And I tell you, those girls walked away with a hundred bucks. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Because the real... Yeah. Because they did. They were smart, you know. And... Um, and, and the deal was, whatever money you made, you got to keep. Yeah, that's so amazing. So this was a double motivator because you got a grade for all of this. And this I had big three little, grades, some major little guys that just yes. would do nothing in Spanish. Spanish. But when the market, market came, came, they learned God, that dialogue. Let me man. tell you, that was their best grade. And then they got to they keep money. Yeah. They really did. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, you know, the it kept getting bigger and bigger. And, and really, when we first presented this, the admin was not really on board because they're like, what? you mean the whole school's going to be out on the courtyard with yeah. you all? And we're like, yeah. And they go, well, who's going to watch the kids? And we go, well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't much like that answer. And I said, well, no, we have parents that are going to come up. And, and our, our parents saved us. They really did. And our electives came across. Well, that's, I'm glad you brought yes, that up yeah. because Bandman, his little stage band came out and That's they right. played music. They learned some music out of Mexico and Alice's theater group, her That's upper right. levels came out and did uh, a little scene from Don Quixote. Yes, they did. And we actually had the dance team lady, the girls came out, remember, and they yeah. did some of the folk dancing and uh, everybody really got on board with this, which was fun because administration was really not for it in the beginning. They saw it as a liability, yes. which I get, yeah. large amount of kids in a space. But the parents and the elected teachers really saved us because and they enjoyed it. When the teachers let, the, the say, for 15 minutes, the students right. from history or whatever come out. Right. They came out. They came as well. So we ended up having... They were supportive in that. Lots of adults. Yeah. Yeah. But it it took a lot of explaining on on our part. And I have to say, by the the third year, I really think... Oh, it became a tradition. It did. They loved it. It was a legacy. It was. They truly loved it. And uh, a lot of work on our part, but but I I think it was was worth it. And you talk about growth in our department. Oh, man. We were full. We were. And back then, One, two, you know, and three. Yeah, we and were. Four. We and, had four. And, of course, this was a time when foreign language was not required. No, so it was not. back when electives mm-hmm. had to really promote and recruit kids for their program. And so, um, you know, I think because we were, well, to quote the superintendent, we were loud and noisy and out of our class a lot because, you know, her vision of language was sitting at a desk and working with a textbook. And wow. that was the way langu- a lot of language yeah, instruction started. Yeah, very rote. Um, so it, it took her a while. She didn't quite understand and our method. And something I want you to explain, too, right. to these. We did not have language labs. Not at all. No. We had no- well, we had I had nothing. nothing. I had nothing. a warehouse and desk. That's yeah, it. That's it. Right. You didn't even have a whiteboard. No, I had no. No, I had nothing. nothing. I I had to do buy my own flip charts, like I was teaching first grade. That's and right. Flipped, or I taped butcher paper to the wall, and that became my blackboard. Mm-hmm. But I had cinder block walls, so that was a little problematic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Writing, 
And uh, no, I didn't get a whiteboard till February. So this is year, what I'm so. saying. We right. had to create. We did. Uh, situations for language. We did to make them use it because we mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, benefit no. from a lab where they could hear mm -hmm. uh, people speaking, you know, and sometimes that was, you know, here, part A, part B dialogue. So mm -hmm. I think maybe, you know, it was just as well. Um, but, uh, do you, do you want to tell them how we actually did dialogues with even the Spanish ones, how we, we broke it down? Okay. Even to well, like, you know, memorize how to say, this is my product. It costs such okay, and such. So I mean, we almost had to. We scripted feed. them. We scripted them. Thank a little you. bit. We yeah. did. Um, and, and some of them were, were kind of afraid. And a lot of the audience coming out especially the, you know, the community did not speak Spanish. That's so we did script them and we, we let them use a lot of cognates. Yes, we did. So that that kind of taught the audience as well. Mm -hmm. So we did, and, and we would practice with them. Uh, but yeah. And you know, when you're working with the different languages, it, it, it's okay to spiral no, it, sure it, it up. Is. Yeah. Sure I wouldn't expect the ones to be, you know, no. as chatty as our threes were by any means, but you know, restaurant and market, that's just two. We had like the museum mm -hmm. and you, uh, what did you do? The Plaza de España. Plaza de España we did, did that. And um, we did, oh my gosh, our art units we loved because we would take different artists. That's right. From Spain or from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, and we would highlight them. And, and really, I remember that back in the day, they were doing a, a United Way dinner, right, for the I community. Do, I do remember that. And because the lines got so long, we thought, well, you know what? We could just do a mock museum. That's right, where and, the yeah. historical figures came to life. Yes, and the, our students, again, they played the artists mm -hmm. and uh, they would be like shadows in the dark and we'd turn a light on them and they'd come to life and they would mm -hmm. start telling the history of the artist mm -hmm. and we had recreated the work and we had docents and they would take them down and do tours so the parents loved that because they could go through our little art museum mm -hmm. and then they could go in and eat or they could eat and then come out and go through the art museum so yeah from there we uh we just built and built and built and um well, we've created, uh, we did create a book. We did, called Pigs Can Fly When You Create Language with the Chihuahua Bats. Now, yes. it, of course, it was paper bound. It was at the paper time. bound. Yes. So we need, we're in the process. Yes, of revamping that. We are old dogs learning new tricks, yes, I got to tell you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we will repurpose that and make it uh, more of an ebook or a, a electronic format. Yeah, in our spare time, we're, we're going to take that up. So yeah. anyway, and, yes. And this book puts all these everything we've talked about yes, in detail. Step by step. It yeah. has it's everything. Like it is a cookbook. It's leveled. It's got the act belt proficiency levels. It's mm -hmm. got the standards, teaks, tax, anything you could need. Uh, it's cross-curricular. Rubrics. Rubrics are there, and it even talks about special learners, modifications, and accommodations, mm -hmm. and your gifted learners, because some of those kids really can get into oh, they can, creating yeah. their own. Now they probably create their own website. You know, back then it was creating a video and a film was really a big That's deal. Right. So, yeah. so we addressed all that. I mean, honestly, we were really, you know, country before country was cool. We were way ahead of our time in creating that document, and that's what's so cool about 
the book that Mala is mentioning because it, it kind of did all the thinking for the educator and all they had to do mm-hmm. was take a look at it and make it work for their class. And, um, and, and that's okay. I think that sometimes people buy a product and they're like, well, gosh, I'm, I'm going to have to change this. But mm-hmm. to me, that's a given. That's right. You, you know, on any given day, I can have two or three classes that no matter what I do for my other classes, I have to do it differently. It's chemistry. It is chemistry. So yeah. I think that, um, that that's always going to be, uh, you know, a given in anything you buy. There's not going to be one thing that just works for everybody. And, and so that doesn't bother me to take something no. and tweak it to make it work for my class. So... So anyway, that's kind of highlighting some of our our creative units that we talked about. Um, And we're looking forward to episode four, where we can visit with you. And at this time, I also want to say we welcome any comments that you have or any questions, and we'll be glad to address them in episodes coming up. So for now, I think we've we've done our our due diligence here. So So do we want to say? We want to say. Dare Dare to to be be a Chihuahua Chihuahua bat bat and have a Chihuahua Chihuahua bat bat day. day.